0: You're listening to a member of the Dice Tower Network, the home of smart people, insightful board gaming discussion, and me. What can I say? I like the Powerpuff Girls. Find out more at Dicetower.com. welcome back to rolling dice and taking names a proud member of that dice tower network this is tony and this is marty and this is episode 35 two out of three ain't bad also known as okay maybe not i it got vetoed the other night when i was naming the programs but that's okay it's two out of three ain't bad and you know the Cylon sitting over there was, you know, just looking at me. Rawhide, why? And I tried to explain it, and it just didn't work out. You didn't like that name, did you? Well, we'll
1: talk about it why in a minute. Well, no. Well, anyway, <laughs> this is a, this is an episode I've been kind of excited about. This is an episode that we've talked about doing for several months now, and we finally have gotten around to it. We've been so busy. Other uh, topics and, and interviews would come up. and just hit, kept having to push this one back, and we finally got around to it. Somewhat, as the title suggests, this episode is going to be focused entirely on two-player games. What we've done is we went out and, and got a couple uh, new two-player games that are a little bit newer on the market. And we're going to talk about those a little bit. Uh, In addition, we're going to talk about two-player games we've played in the past and games that we uh, have liked and games we're looking forward to in the future. And what's our top current uh, two-player game right now?
0: And that would be Android Netrunner. Let's just bam. (laughs) There it is. We know.
1: So, so, so you know, it's not like, oh, I wonder what it'll be. And they skip to the end. It's just like you went ahead and, uh, you know, okay, spoiled it for if them. you've
0: listened to episodes, I don't know, 11 through, they know what it is. Come on. It's not that hard. <laughs> Speaking of Android Netrunner, we participated in our local game store tournament, the store championship. And Marty and I finished a respectable, okay, dismal fourth and fifth. But that's okay. I finished fifth. Marty finished fourth. Um, and it it was uh, it was interesting, Marty, and I know I'm going off topic here, but go ahead and get it out there. The fact that my runner, which I thought was a very strong deck, just didn't do very well, and what you went to the store with on your corporation where you thought was kind of the gimmicky thing with the combo move, it, it floored people. That was funny.
1: Yeah, it's, it is funny. I won, let's see, how many games did we play? Four? Uh, th- yeah. Three or four? Uh, three. Three. Three, and um, yeah, the uh, it kind of was a little gimmicky deck, and the first game was over in five minutes. The next game probably took about seven or eight, but it it worked really well. The problem was when I got to the last player, it happened to be the guy who's like the local champion. He went to Fantasy Flight last year to participate in the World Championships, and. He saw it coming, and he just played very well against it, and basically shut it down. And it's so funny how that kind of works. I came in fourth, and I was one game away from coming in second. It's one of those things where one game difference, and it totally changes the standings. But um, like you, my runners stunk too, and in fact, a lot of runners stunk that day. It seemed like the court was winning most of the. the yeah, time. which
0: is surprising because usually you know it's run, 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 and and go from there. It's just like. Why is mine the way I built it? I was like, okay, this should be happening. I could never find the right combination of cards out, even saying, okay, fine, I'm going to spend my four clicks as runner and just draw.
1: And and there was one thing
0: I didn't realize that you never did against me when we played is I was using the the chess pieces, and this one guy, he he was heavy ice, and he would just discard his ice, and my chess piece would go away. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Stop that.
1: That's not fair. Yeah. (laughs) And see, and that's why I do, I'm, I'm not big into the um, competitive side of things or, or the aspect of this game. I just like playing casual games. But the nice thing is when you go and participate in these every once in a while, you get to play against these other decks which you normally don't see and see how better uh, to play this game. So that's what I enjoy from it
0: right um other things that are going on real quick um i want to do a quick mention of a kickstarter that had an opportunity to promo it's out there guys i'm not really sure how well it's, it's called mice and dice play nice it's this kids game that we got sent to to us that i you know i enjoyed looking over the kids games marty and this game it's You know, um, for a very quick kids game, it was definitely, you know, not a heavy strategy. I mean, they've got some cards in it, but basically Marty, all you're doing is rolling dice to move your mice along the track. And the more, the more, um, the farther along your mouse gets, the more dice you get to roll. And if your number comes up, your mouse moves too. But if someone else rolls your number, your mouse moves one. So it's really a real quick racing, throwing dice type of game. Uh, it's, not doing very well in the funding right now marty and if you know if it's for eighteen dollars you know i i wonder if it's going to be something that's going to be a success out there but if you guys got some young kids out there and you're interested in a dice game i will say this about it marty if i had to choose between this and mousetrap i'd look at um play um <clears throat> excuse me mice and dice play nice so think about it guys um i just wanted to give a quick shout out on that um and then
1: well, yeah, because mouse trap takes like forty five minutes to set up, and then after thirty seconds, you have to reset exactly. everything. Exactly, and
0: I mean, it's. I hope they get their their funding, and from the standpoint of getting the extra nice mice and things like that, I, I, I give them kudos for getting it out there and and play testing and trying it. You know, eventually, you and I will have a game design out there, and I, and I hopefully. You know, well, I, I understand what they're going through. It, it's one of those things where you got you got to throw it out there. To let people give you feedback.
1: Okay, that, that that sounds good. I mean, hopefully they will make it. Uh, I think any games out there that are structured towards children help. It helps get uh, game uh, children into the the hobby a little bit quicker. And uh, we've talked about other kids games before, like Garden Dice and such. So. Uh, you know, kudos to those who are out there trying to focus on children's games. I think that's a tough market to get into because if you don't have kids, and a lot of younger gamers, you know, obviously don't, then that's a, uh, you know, it may be tough to get one of those games out there. But good yeah, luck and, to you.
0: You're competing against the big guys, the the Mattel's, Hasbro's, that kind of guys who got those kids games out there. You, that's really a tough market. So, good luck out there, guys.
1: Yeah, especially if one th- those guys like that can get these uh, IPs, you know, uh, games with. Uh, uh uh, made around cartoon characters and whatnot and that's what's that's what's going to appeal to kids was that the segue train marty no not yet um (laughs) so another thing we did uh last night uh we got together with a few friends and we played a couple games we want to talk about uh, these real quick um so tony got to play his first uh game of Battlestar galactica and um you yeah, know we, you know, if y'all heard how Tony is with co. He likes co ops. He's not a fan of resistance because it's the deduction bluffing game. So here we go. What did you think of Battlestar Galactica? I,
0: I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't really consider it a bluffing game so much as a just the traitor mechanic. But I, I enjoyed it. It's one of those games that is definitely not for my co op group. There would have been, they would have looked at that board. Uh, there'd been mind explosions everywhere. I mean, it would have been. They'd been all over the wall. Um, So, I mean, it was real easy. I quickly understood it. And um, I can definitely see where the Cylons are heavily weighted, even though we had all the expansions out and everything. Um, Great game. I mean, it's a good game. I'd play it again. I'd love to play it again so I can understand all those actions you could take. That was the only thing that bothered me, Marty. It was like the only actions I were taking were on my skill check cards. Why couldn't I get? Oh, that's right. I was constantly in the sick bay. Stupid, stupid president.
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually, that was a lot of... uh, We actually got stuck in that. There's a lot of guys going to the brig and had a tough time getting out. And I think there was a little bit of frustration there where people spent most of their time in the brig. Yeah, the
0: brig. Oh, and that was the other thing. Um, Mark did an excellent, okay, he did a good job. Okay, he did a fair job of explaining the game. (laughs) Just kidding, Mark. (laughs) Um, But there were some things that we were not doing correctly, and that always happens. Like um, Kevin was in the brig, and he was only drawing one skill check card. That's not the case there. Um, he he should have gotten his full complement, and he could have gotten out
1: sooner. So for three, or playing actions while in the brig, yeah, he that's the one. He, he was that really hurt because he kept trying to get out of the brig as opposed to just doing actions on it, his cards, right? And but
0: I mean, he also only kept taking one at one card, and, and so for right. three rounds, he took only one card and would not do actions.
1: But it does say so on the board. The, the, exactly what you're supposed to do and we just right. didn't yeah right, the board was upside down to us
0: but you know <laughs> we knew you cylons needed to see it right in front of so and marty marty was outed fast that was hilarious
1: oh my gosh i was outed fast and i was it was what uh, we weren't even past the second jump yet and um somebody pulled a card uh to where if we passed the test uh you could like look at somebody's character card And and the guy picked me, and sure enough, I was a Cylon. So he looked at it and he said, "All right, uh, Marty's a Cylon." And I was like, "Uh, I didn't know how to bluff it at that point." It's like, okay, I was the next guy, and I knew that I was going to get thrown in the brig if I wasn't careful. So I just went ahead and revealed, "Yep, I'm a Cylon," and then started doing my stuff. And then uh, when we got to the fourth jump, the other Cylon came out and um, made it pretty rough for the humans. We we. We prevailed in the end, but um, it it was a good game. Yeah, it was.
0: Uh, The other one we got to try, we'll talk some more about Battlestar in future episodes um, because another one was Euphoria, which is uh, a worker placement dice rolling game. and It's getting mixed thoughts on, and Mm -hmm. I I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, other than the fact that the board colors, I don't know. I understand the purpose of that board, Marty, and the colors, and and being very bright and cheery because it's euphoria. You're getting you're mining bliss and all this other stuff. But I can understand why you made the mistake you did of not. Uh, am I a brown or am I a lighter brown guy? You know yeah. which one should I be going? That
1: uh, that was tough. That was very tough. That board was. I guess you got used to it after a while, but it was not very intuitive. I spent the first third of the game just trying to look around to see what I could do. I just didn't. For me, it just it just wasn't laid out very well. I like the mechanic. I like the idea of that you're placing dice on the board uh, in order to perform some sort of action. I like the idea that um, somebody else can can move your dice off that space and take advantage of that action so it's not like if somebody's sitting in a space you want to go to you can knock them out I like the concept of having to pick up your dice or place dice you can do one or the other which is kind of like Zulkin. I guess the only thing was to me was with the dice uh, you rolled the dice when you picked them up off the board and you added up your dice and if they exceeded Uh, along with what was it? Uh, morale. Yeah. It was, it was the morale track. And if you, um, as your knowledge track, knowledge track, my bad. So if you add knowledge to all your dice and it was greater than or equal to 16, you lost one of your workers. There was a little bit of luck aspect there to me. I think the bigger luck was when you pulled in multiple dice and you rolled and if you got doubles or triples, you can play some that time. And, uh, those who were doing really well, just kind of got lucky and, and rolled doubles a multiple times. And they were, uh, one time, I think the guy who won was actually able to place roll doubles next turn, uh, was able to pay the right thing for the market and get rid of two stars on his turn.
0: Right. And you know, that probably was the, there, there were two things that bothered me and the double action thing. I understand that. I I I can, you know, hey, you roll doubles, Yahtzee, whatever. I know you don't have five dice, but fine. I it only hit me one time and that that's that's just the way that's just the way they roll. But then again, I also the way I was controlling my workers to avoid the gaining too smart, bit, and then they leave me, I was trying to minimize how many I would have to roll. So that probably was my own mistake. But the guy who took the chance and rolled the doubles it paid off for him because if he mm-hmm. hadn't, I was winning the next round because um, I had it set up mm-hmm. in my in my own mind. You could disagree with me, but you I, I can I can understand. But I was no. going to win. Um, but the other thing that bothered me about the game, of, okay, three things: the color of the board, um, the doubles thing, kind of. Eh, but the other thing was, I appreciate them trying to put the theme on the dice. I appreciate that the gears, right? That this thing, it i don't know what it was i just i didn't i couldn't you talking
1: about that you're talking about the pips on the dice
0: yeah the pips on the dice they just they just didn't stand out to me for some reason you know
1: (laughs) well you know what was funny it wasn't until he was halfway uh through the instructions (laughs) of how to play the game i even realized it was pips i know i'm I'm going oh those are the pips i thought they were just (laughs) how do i know what's a two how do i know there's a
0: three he hasn't said anything Oh, wait, there's pips. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: was, I was like, okay, this one has one gear, and this one has two gears. I guess that means something. I was, I was like, oh, oh, it's a six-sided dice, and each of those represent a number. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah,
0: and I know that, see, and th- this is a very true statement. You pick up games quicker than I do.
1: but for some- I don't know about yeah, <laughs> after Yeah, after this and Russian Railroads this past week, I obviously do not. But in
0: my opinion, you pick up games and you understand the strategy a lot quicker than I do. But for some odd reason, this one was clicking with me. I could mm-hmm. I could completely understand the board. I was understanding how this was all working. And I'm like, why is this happening? There's just something... I don't know, but I I really enjoyed it. So if there's anybody out there that does not enjoy their Euphoria game, either the Kickstarter version or the purchase version, and you are looking for someone to buy it off of you at a discounted price, by all means, post in our forums at BGG. (laughs) Discounted price.
1: (laughs) And it's funny, um, after I posted, I posted a picture on Twitter that we had played, and a lot of people were asking how it was. And you're right about the mixed reviews. Some people would say, I just played it with five people, two liked it, Two loved it, one hated it, you know, that sort of thing. And a lot of people, it seems like it's, it's an on-the-fence game. You play it, you either kind of like it, or you don't. And somebody had asked, should I get it? And I honestly said, look, personally, I really think you need to try it before you buy it. Because, I mean, here here's the example. I don't think I would buy it, and you think you would. So it, it's really a, a tweener game.
0: Yeah, and uh, and the only reason why I think I'd buy it is because I enjoyed it that much. My, my dilemma is... Well, see, you already have Zolkin. I don't. Right. And I'm I'm like, but could I – I think the mechanics are simple enough to where – and I don't mean this meanly – that the people that I usually game with, I think they could kind of (sighs) sort of understand
1: it, you know? That – Yeah, but here's the thing. You said uh, Battlestar Galactica was a confusing board. To me, Euphoria is a way more confusing board than Battlestar. But I think
0: Battlestar, with all the actions you can do, plus the actions on the card, plus you know, from that standpoint. Here on Euphoria, it's like you said, place your worker or pick your worker up. If you put your worker there and you have that resource and that card or whatever, you can be able to gained the, the bonus there. Oh, the only thing that was, and I'll, I'll admit, the marketplace, it took me a little bit to get that one, but understanding how the marketplace would work. But once we did it one time, bam, I'm, I understood mm-hmm. it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of interesting that one marketplace would fill up and then everybody would jump to the next market and try to get it opened up in order to get rid of your, your star. So I will definitely play it again. Uh, you mentioned Zulkin. There was a gentleman we played with last night who says he loves us way more than Zulkin. Personally, right now, I think I like Zulkin better. So again, uh, fun may vary. Uh, so I, I recommend if you think it, if you're on the fence, try it first.
0: Yeah, I com- I, I completely agree with you. But once again, if you didn't bought it and didn't like it, uh, DA McCree on BGG.com. Okay.
1: Yep. So, this whole episode is supposed to be dedicated to two player games, and we just spent oh, about 15 minutes or so talking about everything else but two player games. But seriously, now we're going to get to two player games. So, earlier in the year, there were a couple, eh, I guess, somewhat big two, there were two two player games that came out that Tony and I were interested in. And the first one we're going to talk about is the new game from Fantasy Flight Games warhammer disc wars so i was really excited at the end of last year when fantasy flight announced they were going to be a announce a new game uh, called warhammer disc wars which is which is a remake of an of an older game and the concept is is that it's supposed to play like a miniatures game but without the need of having miniatures or having to paint them or put them together. Now, nothing against miniature games. Tony and I have played War Machine, but one thing I did find out playing a game like that, there was, you know, you'd get a model, and before you could ever use it, you had to, you know, assemble it and prime it and try to paint it and put it on a base and get it to the table. So I like the idea of something where if it was a miniatures game, I could get it, open it up, and play it right then and there. And to me, that's what I thought Disc Wars might be. So I picked this game up, and this was the uh, core game that came out. And uh, the whole concept is, is, uh, it sounds exactly like it is, there are discs. Each one of your units uh, are on a, a disk and there's different sized disks so you may have a commander and some range guys and some fighters and you deploy your disks on a table just like in a miniatures game but when you move instead of using a ruler or anything like that you actually flip the disk so for example if a disk has a movement of three you basically flip it over in any direction three times and then your movement is over so that's how you move around on the board. You have the same idea of melee fighters. You have uh, ranged fighters. Uh, There is terrain on the board. They give you these little cardboard uh, punch outs for like uh, forests and mountains. You have to deal with line of sight. They've tried to totally recreate an actual miniatures game without having any actual miniatures at all. And I've played it a couple times and I did just play the intro scenarios. But to me. I think they've done a pretty good job.
0: I agree with you, Marty. I mean, when you told me about it and said, okay, let's give this a play. And we did it after our Netrunner tournament. I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. And I, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I enjoyed my war machine. I enjoyed painting. I was getting decent at it and I've put it aside and I'm going to have to get, get back out the old paint brushes again. And I said, ah, oh, let's see how this goes. I'm like, Hey, I'm liking this. This is pretty
1: cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and what I liked about it was, uh, so uh, we had talked about uh, the when we did the interview uh, with Robert Brooke and Richard Launius on their game, Draco Magi, and we talked about how, how they did uh, uh, ranged and melee combat, and how the fact with ranged combat, you know, there's a chance you may miss. They've kind of implemented that with this game. When you do a ranged attack, you actually roll dice. You can either hit or do a critical hit or miss, or just totally stray your shot and accidentally hit something else. So when it comes to the ranged attack, there is a little bit of, of, I guess, luck involved to where whether you hit or not. Melee is totally different. How melee works is when you flip your disc, if you flip it on top of an opponent's disc, that opponent is considered pinned. And at that point, you do a melee combat. And it's pretty straightforward. There are a couple numbers on the, uh, by the way, all the information is on the disc. The name, their abilities, how far they move, their life, uh, their attack abilities, defense, etc. is all on the disc. And on the disc are two numbers. One represents if you're the person on top in a pinned situation, you do X amount of damage. The other number is if you're on the bottom, you do an X amount of damage to the person on top. Compare the two numbers and, uh, and uh, deal damage accordingly. And if you exceed the person's defense, they're taken out. So, melee, it's really no luck involved at all. It's all about positioning and getting your guys into the right place and uh, and trying to take out the other right, opponent. Right.
0: And that's one of the neat things about it. It was very easy um, to understand. Hey, if I do this, I've got to be ready to go. Oh, his guy can flip this time. And being the v- very different sizes, a guy could come in, a huge guy could come in and pin two of your guys. So, you got to be watch their spacing mm-hmm. on that um your line of sights are pretty easy to straightforward it really is a a way i mean Marty, i think it's a great intro or type of game to intro you if you wanted to say you know hey i'm not really sure about miniatures but before you spend all the money that's the other different thing is definitely the cost is before us put that money into miniatures and i see these guys playing maybe it'll give you an idea of just the mechanics how would you like this how would you how would you um get You know, enjoy that aspect of the miniatures thing. So I I enjoyed playing the game. I'm not sure it would be something that I'd put on my shelf. But as long as you keep adding to it, it, I mean, you can build armies, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, it first comes out, the core set comes out with four factions. It comes out with uh, Chaos. Uh, These are the classic uh, Warhammer factions. Chaos, Empire, High Elves, and Orcs. They've already announced uh, a couple other expansions where they're going to c- add a couple other the uh, the good guy factions and a couple other bad guy factions. And you can build out your armies from there. I know Skaven was one of them. So if you may like to play rats. Uh, so that's out there. Now, I was concerned about the quality of these discs. You're going to be handling these discs a lot and moving around and flip. But actually, the discs are pretty sturdy. They're thick. To me, they remind me of the planets that are in Cosmic Encounter. Uh, From Fantasy Flight, they're very thick. I mean, you can handle these a lot. I think they're going to be okay. I don't think the ends will get uh, frayed or anything like that. Like you said, the cost of entry is low. The art on it is gorgeous. It's the typical uh, Games Workshop type art. It looks really good. If you're very familiar with that universe, you'll recognize a lot of the names and whatnot. The uh, Tony made a great point in that if uh, you're interested in miniatures but don't want to get into the painting everything, this is a good way to go. Now, Tony and I just played the intro scenario. There is a lot more mechanic, uh, more mechanics to this game, and this is one thing I like. The game is over in five rounds. Number one, I appreciate that. I like a game with a built-in clock. Five rounds, game's over. There's also this idea of, of scenarios. So at the beginning of the game, there's a first player and second player. Second player picks an overall effect to the battlefield. He picks a couple cards. There's an overall effect that affects everybody on the field. Then both of you are given a hidden objective. And after five rounds, you should reveal those objectives, and whoever did the best on fulfilling the objectives will win the game. The game we played was whoever just kills the most people wins the game. But in this this aspect, you may not really know who the other, what the other uh, goal of the other person is. So as they come out with expansions, they can keep changing these goals. Like you said, there is. Uh, 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 armor build army building because you have a main disc and it shows how many points that you can use for that particular army associated with that guy. So you build your army like that. You have small disc, large disc. So obviously the small disc won't move as fast or, or get it uh, go as much, uh, golly, I can't talk. They won't be able to move across the table as fast as what a larger uh, disc won't be able to cover as much distance. So they've, they've covered a lot of the idea was just a simple cardboard disc. Um, it was it was it was cheap. I got it online for like uh twenty, twenty five bucks. So if you're interested in miniatures game, never try it. Try it out. Or if you like miniatures games and want to do something where you can get something to the table quicker, this game is early on. You're not behind, you can jump in right now, you might want to give it a look.
0: I completely agree and I love the uh that universe, the scavens and all that. Didn't we play a um online game? Yeah, Warhammer Online. Warhammer Online. I thought we did that failed miserably.
1: Uh, it did, yeah, because but, we got into it, and I bought the, uh, the collector's, collector's edition. edition. Yeah, mm-hmm. it started out, this is a really good game, and it ended up, no, it's. I don't even know if it's still around. I think it was actually canceled.
0: I think it was, too, and I remember reading a report from anybody, but we're going off topic here. Imagine that. So, yes, uh, I agree with Marty. It's It's really a neat game to to play as far as from a miniature standpoint and let me tell you the, the dice really do not like me uh, they haven't been like <laughs> for a while i couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with my range guys i i i, I do look forward to the factions it i i kind of all the games we've tried marty uh this this one's this one may get a little
1: legs from us you know keep playing um just we'll, we'll give it some more time Sure. Oh, and by the way, just before we go, there is things. Each of the units have special capabilities. Like many other games, there's keywords that apply to certain characters. Uh, Tony mentioned rolling dice. I think Tony actually had, I think, didn't you have some guys that had magic? Magic just automatically does damage. You don't roll for that. Right, and I love that. That was nice. Yeah, so there's there's magic attacks, and then there's like using bows. That's where you roll the dice. There's this idea of being, uh, what was it? Was it Relentless? Um, Oh yeah. You were relentless where when you were moving, you could actually roll across the top of somebody and keep on going. Yeah. You didn't have to stop on your first pin. Um, Steamroller. Oh, yeah. Oh, the other thing too, was at the very beginning of your turn, you actually flip over one of four cards and it's almost like a, um, rock, paper, scissors thing. And, uh, there's like slow, steady. Uh, I can't remember uh, the other two. The, um, but as, as you show those, whichever w- goes higher on the like rock, paper, scissors scenario actually gets to move theirs first. So there's a little bit of strategy there, and those cards actually give you abilities when you play those at the beginning of your turn. And what you do is a turn consists of you play those cards back and forth till everybody's discs are activated and you've done your combat. You pick up those cards again, and then you start over, and that's the next round. Again, five rounds, game's over.
0: Very good game. So if you're interested in trying something out, definitely give that one a look. Um, Hopefully, I mean, I know, I heard at, I was it, at Gen Con last year, they said they were bringing it back, that the um, CEO was very excited about bringing that one back in. So, hey, you got the, the head of the company excited about it, which, you know, okay, he's excited about everything. But he was really behind it there at Gen Con. So, uh, expect that one to stay as long as it sells pretty good.
1: Yep, I agree. So, again, look for it. Warhammer, Disc Wars from Fantasy Flight Games.
0: My little pony, my little pony. I used to wonder what friendship could be Until you all shared its magic with me Big adventure, tons of fun A beautiful heart, faithful and strong Sharing kindness, it's an easy feat And magic makes it all complete You have mine Do you know you're all my very best friend? And now... For the whole purpose of this one, Marty and I got the opportunity. Yes, I am building this up because you just heard the music. My Little Pony Collectible Card Game. Yes! And no, we're not brony, so don't even go there, Anthony. Don't even don't don't you do this? Don't you do this to me? And that's Anthony from um, cardboard uh, cardboard jungle. So I know what you're thinking there, money buddy. But Marty, before we get started here over at Board Game Geek, um, I see where Dice Tower some guys went on their forum, and they said, mm-hmm. "Hey, we will donate to the uh, the Vassal Fund. Um, you know, if you guys were to play a My Little Pony." Sam and Tom agreed, and so they're going to play My Little Pony, too. So great minds think alike.
1: <laughs> and I must admit, this uh, you got this idea probably at the end of last yes. year, and you said— I'm buying us a starter deck, of the My Little Pony CCG, and we need to talk about it. And I was like all over it. It's like, yes, we got to do that. And actually, it was from that where we came up with the idea. Why don't we just focus on some two-player games? Because we haven't done that in an episode. So that's it. And uh, you and I have gotten together a couple times to play this game. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So the whole now. So My Little Pony is a whole sensation right now, right? My Little Pony came out, I guess, in the 80s. Uh, I remember my little sister was getting into the cartoons and she had little, my, my, little pony dolls. And then it was reborn again a few years back, but it was so odd that it, there was an attraction to older men. And if you haven't heard this, they're called bronies. These are guys that get together and enjoy the cartoon and are just really enjoy the, my little pony cartoon, nothing against that at all. You know, if that's, that's your thing. That's cool. Um, when I was at Dragon Con last year, I saw guys walking around dressed up my, like My Little Pony characters. It's like more power to you. I couldn't get into it, but when I heard this game was coming out, I was like, all right, we got to try this because I know this is probably going to be really bad. So why don't you give a little overview of the game real quick? All right. So so
0: basically, it's like any um, car collectible game. It's a, you're You're trying to achieve some type of objective, either some points or taking out the other opponent or whatever so you've got your deck they've got their deck but the difference is instead of you're attacking that little pony and he's attacking you you are both have problem decks in the middle of the of the table and it's your job and this is the unique the unique character about this game is that you've got to go solve problems. And the way you solve problems is there are colors associated with that problem. So your your deck could have either a, a pale orange and a blue-purple type color or whatever. So they've got these colors and your ponies... Have powers now each deck has a main character m a n e ha ha ha,
1: yeah, ha,
0: yeah, ha 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 yeah, yeah, I know <clears throat> so anyway, so that's your main character, it's your leader, and they have their friends come out and you have them and you you get these action tokens, and just like I do every other game, I'm not explaining it very well, but I will continue on <laughs> so uh, anyway, read the rule book, <laughs> read the rule book guys uh, let me just stop here and say. There's more to it than you realize. there is some depth to this game, If, if, if it weren't for the being a collectible card, chasing a rare game and the theme, Marty and I would probably be on this game. It is so unique in what you've got to do. You have got to play your characters to battle your problem or his problem and you get points when you solve that problem. When you solve the problem, that's great. As long as you're not being contested by the other person, you continue to solve that problem unless you are at both problems. When you're at both problems, then they go away. And that's the mechanism that when you solve both problems and they go away, then they come back home or If you go there and he comes out and then faces that problem as well, you have what you call a face-off. Not like the hockey face-off. You're just looking across to the problem and and you kind of raise up and neigh at one another or whatever. What about the
1: movie Face-Off with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage? That
0: was a good movie too. I enjoyed that one. So, yes. Face-off. So you're facing off. And as soon as you resolve that face-off, the problem goes away. And when the problem goes away, your ponies have to come back home. Your characters have to come back home. And if you only have a set amount that Can be home, and if you exceed that, you have to you have to put the other ones to pasture. All right, they've got to go off, and then so you're sitting there, constantly moving these cards in and out, facing these problems. And the first person to fifteen, Marty, I always forget fifteen, yeah, Yeah, fifteen, I think. Then they're the winner. Now, one of the neat things is I said in order to play these cards, there's a cost to them, and the cost is action. And this reminds me of Lord of the Rings that we used to play, where you would pay uh, tokens. Um, to play a card and the other person would pull from that pool of tokens to play a card. Same thing sort of kind of here, you get action tokens that can carry over from round to round. And it's based on who, what the number of points the, the leader has at this time not how many you have the leader has. So for instance, Marty was at five and I was only at two points. I would get the number of action tokens that are allowed for a person who has five points. There's your catch up mechanism, keeps it very equal, keeps it going really fast, very fast playing game. Um, once again, if it wasn't for the theme, this would be a really interesting game for you to try out guys. If you've got, Oh, I don't know. Uh, young uh, tweenies out there, girls that are interested in this, I would say drop $20, pick up the dual theme pack and give it a try if you want to try to get them into card playing game. There's some strategy here. There is some Thought process. And one other last thing, Marty, is you can play what they call troublemakers on another person's problem. Now, if you play a super villain or a super troublemaker, whatever you want to call it, on it, then both people have to battle. You can't resolve the problem as long as there's a troublemaker there. Those troublemakers could make you discard cards or whatever. One of the neat things about My Little Pony is you are not directly conflicting with the other person, you're not attacking them, you're attacking and solving the problem. That's what's unique about that. Now the face-offs, yeah, you could say, "Hey, I'm battling with that," but no, not really. So that they've eliminated the conflict, and um, once again, Marty, I'm glad this has got this theme, and it's a card collectible game because I don't need this in my budget right now.
1: Yeah. So just to expound a couple of things that you mentioned, um, I really do like the uh, mechanic of how you um, you pay to play or do, or do actions. So for example, some costs of actions. It cost um uh it, it cost a a token uh, uh, what was it called? What were the resources called? Action points. That's what I call action it. Point. No, just call it cost action point it, it costs an action point in order to draw a card. It cost two action points in order to move your ponies around from location to um, location. It. uh, I'm trying to think. What the others? What were some other things you could pay for? Play a troublemaker out there. Draw a
0: card. So you're using action to draw cards. You don't have to draw. You know, you draw one at the beginning, or you can pay action tokens to draw cards. Um, Yeah.
1: And there's a cost to getting your guys out. There's a cost of a number of action tokens to pay to get one. Obviously, the better they are, the more they cost. And so that's the mechanic. At the beginning of the game, you're only getting like one or two action points. By the end, you're getting five or six. So you can't bring out your big guys at the beginning of the game. It's, it's, it's a slow, steady build. And um, also to get out your guys, you may have to pay a certain amount of action points. Plus, there must be a certain amount of energy uh, on the board in order to get that out. It's kind of like the mana. It's almost like the mana of magic. So I may have a pony that requires two blue power sitting on the table right now to get him out. So that's got to be established before I can put him out. So I love that mechanism. Uh, You mentioned the problem maker, uh, which I really like. It's kind of like an ongoing thing that could be affecting you during the game. Uh, The face-offs, just to explain kind of how they work, is each each pony has a certain amount of power associated with it. When you do a face-off, you add up all the powers, my power against your power. Both of you flip the top deck of your card and there's a power associated with that card. You add that to your total. At that time, you can play event cards from your hands to help boost up the power. And after both of you have passed and done your events, the person with the highest wins, they get like a the bonus associated with that problem to their score. They have to go back home. New problem comes out. Like Tony said, there is a limit of the guys that you can have at home. So if you exceed that limit, you must take some of your ponies and put them in the discard pile.
0: And one of the things about this is, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't think you mentioned this. Is one of the one of the strategies is you've got to get your main character out on a problem soon, so that they can they have some text that will say this is how you can boost them, and you want to get them boosted so they can increase your home account. And it's it's got all the mechanisms of a of a card game uh, that you're used to. Like you said, magic, you got the mana, you got to match the colors. Um, it's really a unique game from that standpoint. Not a big fan of the art, but then again, that's okay. You know, some people will be.
1: And um, when I, I actually posted a picture of us playing the game on Twitter, and I had several people ask who have young children, hey, I've got a six or seven-year-old that can play, can they do it? And I was kind of honest. I was like, on on the the deck of cards, it says ages ten and up. To me, that's right. You could probably get through the mechanics uh, with a younger child, but there is could be a lot of strategy. You and I even had to keep referencing that rule book a lot because there are the situations when you place a when you face a double problem that resolves differently than a single problem, and when you face off against a troublemaker, that's a little bit different than facing off against somebody else's ponies. There's just a lot kind of going on in that game. So some people are wondering, hey, maybe it's like Pokemon. To me, Pokemon is easier to learn and play than this one. I, To me, this one almost pushes maybe uh, getting into it, just starting out with starter decks, maybe the complexity of Magic, just starting out. If you've got a starter deck of Magic and a starter deck of this, I would think the learning curve is about the same. Yeah,
0: and before you get the Magic haters coming, there's no
1: way Magic and My Little Pony are equal. Uh- fine.
0: Okay. Sure. Um, there's a lot more strategy, a lot more if uh, yes, but you're right. The complexity is there. You, you would give it a try. You'd be surprised. Hey, you know, go to your game store. I'm sure they've probably got a couple theme decks possibly sitting behind that, you know, that you could play to, to sell this. It's, it is unique game. And they're of course coming out with expansions and listening to an interview with the designer. You're like, uh, he's talking about one of his biggest challenges with Marty was to keep it so that there's not this conflict between people you you're attacking a problem and that's kind of the theme they keep building with it's it's, it's really unique and the problems I also have text to them that could possibly come into uh you know into play later on um you got like you were rainbow dash and I was applejack so we we, right. we we had fun with that but
1: uh, this this is a mass market game. Yes. So like today, I was in, in Walmart. It's in Tar- I saw it in Walmart. I've seen it in Target. They have the starters. They have the booster packs. I am really glad, like you said, that this game has this theme. Which I the theme is kind of okay. Maybe it sticks with the game, but um, but just not being into the My Little Pony thing. And the other thing is that uh, it, it also is the CCG. But here's where I think we'd have a situation Tony. Can you imagine if this game was say let's say it was a spy type game. And let's say instead of that main character it's actually the head of a spy organization and you try to get your spies together and you send your spies out on missions and instead of those instead of problem cards they're mission cards and your guys have to deal with those missions the other faction has spies out that's trying to throw roadblocks in your ways that you can't solve their missions. I mean, if that theme was that with this same mechanics and was like an LCG, I think I'd be playing this uh, game.
0: I think you just described AEG's spy craft. Very much so. Cause that's what it kind of reminded exactly me of. Exactly right. Now there was a lot more to it with the the type of mechanics of, you know, matching these. Oh, I can't even remember everything. I'd love that game. Spycraft. craft. Hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but yes, I completely agree with you. That would be all over it. Once again, the action tokens that sold me on that game right then. I'm like, I'm there.
1: I, I totally wonder, best of what sold me to the action points that you achieve over the game and how they increase and how you use those to draw additional cards to do things. The fact they roll over from turn to turn, I really loved. So you can say, I passed this turn just so you can accumulate to maybe to get that big guy out your next turn. Right. And
0: I've got to go confront, uh, you know, you've got to build a problem deck. You've got to have X amount of problems in there, and we haven't gotten into the th- mechanics of it. Because, guys, I'm gonna—I I will probably take My Little Pony and put it out on our International Tabletop Day as one of our prizes. Um. <laughs> just to see what happens. I don't know yet. I haven't decided. But anyway, but the, that problem deck, you know, you got to put so many in there and, and get those to, and you're building a problem deck that you can resolve and you've got to look at the events from that and you know, you're moving through from each one of those problems one by one by one as you try to get towards your final goal. Does that sound like something else we played? Uh, it sounds like Lord of the Rings. There you go. The sites. Yep. It right there.
1: So here's the deal. People are asking on Twitter, what do you think? Well, I thought this game was going to stink. I was wrong. I think the mechanics are fun. Um, I think it's uh, it's kind of unique. Is it really anything new? Probably not, but they've taken a lot of different mechanics that personally I like, put them into this game. If, you, if you're if you into My Little Pony theme, you need to check it out. If you have, uh, maybe not, but if you have kids that are 9, 10, 11 years old that are into it, You might want to check this out for them too. So, again, this is my. Who makes My Little Pony, by the way?
0: Uh, My Little Pony is made by. Oh, I always screw this up. By Interplay. Okay. 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 And Hasbro and Interplay. So, they have this game, and it's definitely not recommended for children from zero to three. Okay. (laughs) Um, and then, of course, I mean, just to give some flavor text here. Let's take a look at one of these cards. We've got one here in my deck. It's called Too Much Pie. Play on a friend. This friend gets minus five power and powers up in the right during the score phase. It's a resource and a condition. It costs you one token plus. Two Applejack colors. Oh, look, here's Auntie Applesauce. She's the gum flapper, and they show a picture of her putting in her teeth. That's kind of funny, Marty. Um, She's an earth pony, and she's an elder. Uh, She also likes um, mares that are brown-coated. Sorry about that, buddy. Um, When this card is dismissed, put it into your hand. I mean, we're looking at these cards going through. Hey, what else do you have? Here's Lady Justice. She's judge and jury. She's an earth pony as well. Your opponent characters at this card's problem each get minus one power during face-off it's a cost of four it's got a three purple um uh whatchamacallit to it power to it so she's pretty darn power but she costs four so she's got to come out later on the table there you go guys that's what you're looking at wipe out the theme wipe out the mile pony you've played these games before it's there seriously take a look at it (laughs) So keeping in with the theme of the two-player games, we asked an at-the-table question over at our BoardGameGeek.com forums for the Rolling Dice and Taking Names Guild. If you haven't gone over there and joined our guild, please do so, Um, and you can participate in these. We really love the feedback we get from everybody. But basically, we asked the question, what is your favorite two-player game or card game? Now, I had to keep... Talking about this is, it doesn't have to just be only for two players. You may play a game that could be up to four players, and you really enjoy playing it with, you know, just two people. Or that's how what plays best for you. So um, one of the things we first got is we're going to go ahead and uh, start off here, Marty, with um, Remy, who I, I still love his Fraggle Rock um, icon over there. And he's, first thing he says is, "Hey." what do you mean besides Netrunner, are there any other options and i'm like well you know he enjoys the pathfinder adventure card game which we've talked about in shadows over the empire um as a side note i might look forward to enough uh where i can think complete thoughts and get to all the things i've ever meant to i know i'm going to miss my girls like crazy and this is talking about when people are moving out um and he's been raising them as gamers but overall you know um, he would think that, you know, you build that gaming type uh, situation, they'd be more prone to visiting, you know, and enjoying themselves with the family. So Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, two-player, what do you think about that?
1: Uh, a lot of people play that solo, so I think two-player would be fine. I think um, you have to get some of the synergy between the two characters, but, yeah, I, I do I've never played Shadows of the Empire, so that, that wasn't even to me. Okay. Peter Schott says, you know, he said it's an oldie but a goodie, but he likes Cribbage. He said it's not our go-to game now, but he says he really got into that. Uh, two-player Dominion. Uh, quick player. I've never played Dominion two-player. Another one that he likes is uh, Warful Bonanza, uh, which is a uh, quick dice game. And uh, there's a lot of other... Man, this guy has played a lot of games he enjoys with two people. I already mentioned Dominion. Uh, Alien Frontiers. Eminent Domain. I agree with that one. Roll Through the Ages. Takanoko? I think, v- Viva Java, the coffee game, and that's from the guys that uh, Dice Hate Me. Lords of Waterdeep, I never tried that with a two-player. He yeah, has some other games you might be interested in, like Race for the Galaxy or Among the Stars or Spirium, so plus various and sundry LCGs. Peter, man, you got, you got a lot of two-player games you like. Did you see his
0: comment there at the end? My daughter got the two-player My Little Pony CCG starter, and it's not bad, but also not for everyone. Uh, we're, we're right there with you, Peter. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> um, Vorpal, Mr. Great Sword. Um, I like Marvel Legendary as a two-player game. Any player count above that really accelerates the villains beyond what the players can reasonably handle in that early game. We really need to get that back to the table, including the expansion, Marty. Because, you know, that one didn't uh, talk to me. Uh, I just I didn't enjoy it as much as I, everybody says I should have. Um, Agricola, all creatures big and small, is strictly two-player. And my favorite might be X-Wing, yes. Uh. Um, So, you know, we we got our core sets, and we haven't ventured out in that world yet. So maybe someday we'll get that that to the table as well. Yeah, I'm kind of
1: scared, too, because I'm afraid I might like it. But anyway, Mike Riley says, Mine would be the 8-Minute Empire Legends or Flashpoint Fire Rescue. Again, I have. Never played 2-player. Need to try it. And uh, it says, Anna's most requested at the moment are Forbidden Island and Mr. Jack. I've never heard of the Mr. Jack one. You The Mr. Jack series? Go look that up.
0: They talk about it all the time over at Dice Hour. You go, Mike. I hear you. Anna's. That's one of Anna's favorite, Forbidden Island. Uh, I'm surprised you, Forbidden Desert, I know you got it. You need to come back with us and tell you how you like, has it replaced Forbidden Island. Yep. Um, our buddy Mark, who was not a Cylon last night, he loves Balloon Cup. I've heard a lot about that. Kahuna, our great two-player games, Meteor games, Battle for Souls by our buddy Robert Burke, and, of course, Mage Wars. You and I also need to get – we just need to disappear somewhere, and we got a lot of games. We've got, we need to get back to the table.
1: Yeah, we do, and I just saw they announced at uh, Gamma that they're going to have modular boards now. Oh. Which really makes it up. That's pretty cool. Well, and, uh, Cl- and real ahead.
0: quick, and the guy who just took the vice president, oh, God, oh, his name, never mind. Um, from Crits Happen. Yeah, from Crits Happen Talks. I forget his real name, but he's you know he's the new vice president over there for, uh, we hope to have him on the show, but he just also said that they've got play mats, roll-up play mats, neoprene play mats.
1: Perfect. That's then, a lot better than the board. It makes it more yeah, portable. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Glenn B. says, at the gates of Loyang Guildhall... And Summoner Wars, a big game from uh, Hat Games. I've tried that. That is a pretty good game. Uh, I haven't – maybe I've only played it like once or twice, but uh, definitely that, that's a real popular game kind of up there with Major Wars.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Jonesy, DM Jones over there, he's got Race for the Galaxy. he plus one's that one. And also Carcassonne Hanabi, which I got played. Everybody loves it here. You and I get to play that in the future. Agricola. Uh, Wow. Two-player
1: Agricola? Hmm.
0: Interesting. Yep. <laughs> and, of
1: course, um, Android Netrunner. Well, of course. Bo says, we've enjoyed over the years Carcassonne with a few expansions. That recently, he tried Carcassonne South Seas. Uh, I also likes Love Letter and Council of Verona. Mm, sitting duck, our buddy who keeps the forum
0: going over there. I would go with the stars are right. In many ways, it deals as uh, in many ways, it's ideal for two players. As watching the starfield shift can be stressful the longer you have to wait for your turn to come up. The stars are right. Uh, Marking that one down. I need to go read more about that one, buddy. I I haven't heard that one.
1: And uh, Mike Riley chimed in again. I guess later on, he tried another game with that, a a game called Ceiling. He said it might be uh, worth a look. Uh, He said that that was uh, pretty good. And um, so I checked that one out.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then brian k one of the best two player games he's ever played is claustrophobia claustrophobia how about claustrophobia that'll work too i thought it was kind of name. i thought that was spelled differently Claust-
1: claustrophobia i couldn't
0: get i say it again say that again claustrophobia claustrophobia why am i oh man Wow, okay, I see the cut for the end of the show there. The one barely passes, uh, this one barely passes with my wife. We prefer Marvel Legendary, and we've already talked about that one. And Lost Cities, which is a fun, like two-player, and Boss Monster is also good with two. And then, of course, I come back, what does your wife like about what Does she enjoy the theme? And he didn't come back to me.
1: Well, that's, you know, what do you expect? He, he, he's already contributed once. Do you think he's now going to come back and answer your question? But no, like, like you mentioned earlier, I agree. We tried Legend uh, Marvel Legendary. Uh, people said, do not judge it by the first scenario, which we did. We need to try that game again. Right. So, Marty, did you get recordings at the game club? Uh, yes, I did. And uh, we're going to play those right now. What is your favorite game to play as play a two-player game? A
0: Carcassonne by far. My wife's not a, a game person, but she'll play Carcassonne with me. And she likes it.
1: The moment I'd say Battle Line. War of the Ring, definitely. Nice. What is your favorite game to play as two players? Well, two players? Blood Bowl. By? Games Workshop. Got it. Race for the Galaxy. Race for the Galaxy. Farkle. Carcassonne's nice with two Oh Wow,
0: well, you know, some we've heard before. Um, maybe some that you hadn't, but that's great. So, right now, my favorite two player game has got to be, and I I know broken record here, it's going to be Netrunner. I I just, I really enjoy that game. I don't know why it is leeching into my soul the way it is, but I really love the two player. Is there any game that's more than, you know, two player that I enjoy playing? And I think there is one that I really enjoy that we got it, that I got at Origins, is Nile Deluxe, or it's a card game. If, with well, me and Donna sit down to play a, a car ending type of game. And when we say, well, what do you want to play? We always enjoy playing Nile Deluxe, or it's called Deluxe. I call it Deluxe, but Nile Deluxe. Take a look, it's by Minion Games. How about you?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm cliche. I have right now my favorite two player games, Android Netrunner. Um, it's been that way for a while. I don't see any way it would ever change unless for some reason somebody came out with a really cool themed game like My Little Pony. With the same mechanic, but with a different theme, then, then we might be looking at something different. But right now, it's, it's definitely Netrunner. So we're going to have this segment where we talk about game, two-player games that Tony and I had not played in the past. And so when Tony and I first got into the hobby, we really didn't know many other people that played games. So we were exclusively looking at two-player games, and I cannot believe when I started going through and trying to remember everything we played... Everything that we've tried, and I'm sitting here looking at a list that is a lot of money that we've spent, but we're just going to go over them and maybe bring up some oldies but goodies and just blast from the past. So many people have heard on previous podcasts, the first game we got into, Lord of the Rings by Decipher, which came out in 2001 and was basically that game that put us on this path.
0: Yep. And great mechanic paths, the, the plane, the mana or whatever you want to call it to the center and take you really, oh, and the movies were really big, really into the Lord of the Rings, Marty. Yes, thank you, Decipher, for just, you know, sending us down this road to oblivion with our money. I appreciate that. I still got my decks up in my uh, up in the the um, attic ready to go again.
1: Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll They'll never, I will never, ever get rid of those too much nostalgia there. Another game that we tried uh, was Warcry. Uh, we talked about uh, Warhammer Disc Wars earlier. This is a Warhammer themed game by Sabretooth Games, and it came out in 2003. And we kind of liked it because of the mechanic of where we had two rows a back row and a front row uh, for fighting.
0: Yep, we like that.
1: We like the art on those cards. The only thing we didn't like was
0: where you would flip over and it was like a dice roll uh, based on the card and it could really impact. And you've already played all these cards and then boom, you suddenly lost.
1: Yep, which is why I mentioned that earlier when we talked about My Little Pony. Their mechanic is you flip first and then play cards. So if you flip first and get a really bad uh, luck of the draw where you got a low number and they got a high, you may not want to waste your cards War Cry was different. You play all your cards and then flip. Exactly. So here's another game that was near and dear to heart that we mentioned earlier. Spycraft came out from AEG in 2004. That was based off their popular RPG series. That was a fun game.
0: That was a fun game. I liked how the different factions were, did different things. Mine was all about denial and uh, restructuring your deck, which has always been my favorite mechanic in a card game. And there were the brute force uh, mechanics, very good very unique the missions turning over the spies loved the artwork in that as well yep yeah. and, and, we all- based, sorry, and we know it was sorry and we know it's based on the rpg but it was neat that they brought it out as the card game didn't last long. i think it had two expansions and i picked up two i think that those cards have made it into the recycle bin because i'll probably never play that again
1: no but that that was that i love the whole mission mechanic that was kind of neat and you have three types of missions fighting and a couple of other things and and you saw the missions different ways, really cool. I almost forgot about this game, and I remembered it the other day and threw it on the list. City of Heroes from AEG in two thousand five. Oh yeah, I lost. Uh, other than the card game, how many hours did I lose playing
0: that um, MMORPG? <laughs> oh my, it's a sun poison. He could shoot lasers from his eyes. Yes, that was a, So that's what got me into that. It was a card game as
1: well. It didn't catch on with us really a uh, whole lot, but hey, we gave it a try. But remember the mechanic that we totally loved. You uh, remember the mechanic of like when you use a power, you had to recharge, and you'd either turn the card a quarter or a half turn. And if it was and you could when you could recharge, you could only turn it a quarter at a time right so that, they had a built-in mechanic to where stronger abilities took longer to recharge, just like in the game
0: exactly, and then they had the upkeep ones where you'd flip it and it would be or you'd turn it and it would
1: stay on and then if it would click off you then you turned it you know yes, that was great. That was a great mechanic. Another one, uh, very popular game that we didn't stick with for too long, but it was very popular while it was out, Versus, the Marvel Versus from uh, Upper Deck that came out in 2004. I'll leave it to you on that one. I, I'll be honest with you. I've, I remember us playing it, but that's all. And that was kind of me. We tried it and it just never stuck. But that was a huge game, a big following, and a very competitive game. And a lot of people were disappointed when that one ended. Now, here's a game we did play for a while, but unfortunately, it tied a quick death. Remember Hecatomb? Came yes. out from Wizards in 2005. Uh, yep. All I remember mostly
0: about that was the cute card mechanic of being clear cards that you could see through and play. I, that's
1: all I remember. And by the time we bought it, it was gone. It was the five-sided card, and it was the uh, HP Lovecraftian theme. I almost think that this came out too early. If this would have come out later when HP Lovecraft was a bigger deal, it might would have caught on. But it was a unique mechanic where you had the see-through cards like in the game Gloom, and you stacked the the monsters on top of each other, and you could see through, and their powers built up. Very cool mechanic. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just got a starter deck of this. This is a game that's still going on today, very strong. L5R, yet another AEG. Game came out in 1995. Everybody said we should try it. We did get a starter and try it. We should have had somebody else teach it to us because I think we were struggling with the rules.
0: Yeah, if we have trouble with My Little Ponies, L5R should have blown our brains. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that game, we know a lot of people locally that's into it. Our local game store has huge leagues that go on every week, and they uh, it's as big as magic, it seems like, because they're always doing uh, tournaments and draft things um very popular game around our area and, and Next i would game, yeah and i would like to go to the store and have somebody teach me how to play that game i, I agree but it's a ccg i'm afraid i like it yeah right uh, the Other game is ccg that we did try the transition into lcg's game of thrones ccg came out from fantasy flight in 2002 and we really enjoyed that game And this was before game of thrones got big my wife was in the process of reading the books when we started playing this i didn't know any of the characters and she did so she liked just looking at the art yeah, I, I was reading the books as well and I didn't get onto it. I know our buddy Ed, he really, really liked this game. He did. He really liked the way it played. And it's the same sort of deal where you had intrigue or fight. It's it's uh you could build up characters built on different things. Some were better at fighting, some were better at intrigue, some were better at politics, et cetera. And that game basically transitioned to the L C G in in the two thousand and eight and I believe that was Fantasy Flight's first L C G game. All right, very good. And then another one we did get into play for a while because we were playing the video game, World of Warcraft CCG from Upper Deck came out in 2006. Yep, we'll keep going. (laughs) A lot of of money lost there.
0: Oh, yeah. And then we went to Origins and we entered the World of Warcraft tournament using starter decks. You remember that? That was was pretty brutal. Yeah, since it was just you and me. (laughs) I
1: forgot about that. You forgot that. <laughs> I did play another time. I guess it wasn't with you when there was a starter deck thing. There's like eight or ten people. But, yeah, that game has since been discontinued. That's what basically started the company Cryptozoic. Right. Uh, Upper Deck was selling off the license, and Cryptozoic, Cryptozoic spun off to uh, run with um, Upper Deck, and that's how that's where Cryptozoic is today. But they've since canceled that game and doing a lot of other things right now, mm-hmm. including a new Portal board game that's coming out this fall, which I'm kind of curious about. I heard there's cake. Uh, it's a lot. Warhammer Invasion. I tried that. We played a couple times. It was from FFG. came out in 2009. Unique mechanic. Never really caught on for us, but again, we tried it. It's in. It's somewhere around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord of the Rings the LCG. Now, we did play this for a little while. It uh, came out in 2011. Co-op game. Again, we were hoping to capture those memories of that original uh, Lord of the Ring game that we played. This is actually a pretty good game, and to be honest, if Netrunner hadn't come around, I might still be playing it.
0: Yeah, I enjoy this game. I, I really do. I wish we could uh, get this one to the table more, but I'm so far behind in the boosters, and I and I just wouldn't know where to even begin. I know you don't need just like netrunner. You don't need to buy all the boosters, but I haven't looked into it. But I do enjoy the co op aspect of this game, and I and I like how they're pulling in all the Lord of the Rings, you know, infra, um, characters and stuff. It's really neat.
1: Yeah, it's it's a fun game. It's, it's a mechanic. It has a little bit of a learning curve, and it can be extremely difficult. And they've they've changed the way you can make the, the, the change the difficulty, which which I like. Now those were all card games. We also got into a few miniature games. Remember the Lord of the Rings minis from Saber Tooth Games in two thousand three. Right when we're in the middle of playing the cards. I thought that game was the bomb. Boy, was it a bomb. <laughs> little hex based characters with little, this was before Hero Clicks uh, with little slides on them. Speaking of which, I forgot to put Hero Clicks on this list. We did try Hero Clicks for a while too. Yeah, we did. And the reason why we didn't stick with it is you can't,
0: it, it just couldn't fathom having three Spider Man out on the board. That just
1: bothered me. And that was so funny. That bothered me, too. That game is huge, still huge today. And it never clicked with us because I couldn't get over the exact same thing. And people are like, well, just imagine this different universe is fighting each other. I still couldn't do it. I still couldn't do it. But you were also chasing chasing rares. You were. Now, another game that we kind of did like, an abstract game from Wizards from 2006, Dreamblades. You know,
0: I I remember this game. And you say we liked it. I'm not sure. I liked it as much. It, it oh. reminds me of um Mage Wars, okay? Cuz you you had the the arena.
1: You did. And but it was a, it was a it was a move and fight type game kind of like chess with more difficult pieces to
0: manage. Right. So from that standpoint it it was it was a uh, kind of a difficult
1: game, but yeah, that's fine. Uh, really really cool minis, though, but that, that, that was Dreamblades. And uh, another one, uh, World of Warcraft minis from Upper Deck in 2008 because we were playing the card game. We had to try this. It died a quick death also. All
0: right. So from, okay, the Sabertooth game, Lord of the Ring minis, we didn't like it. We thought it was a neat concept where you would slide the little characters or the, the powers down, uh-huh. and, and that bombed. And then all the symbols, we said, oh, look, the symbols are going to be on the base, so it won't be that hard to remember. Oh, my God, the words behind all the symbols, you know, you had to reference some big card or have right. that. While minis, oh, look, you're interchangeable, and they'll click, and, and things like that. They'll be able to click, and they won't ever break.
1: The clickers never worked. Nope. You know, and it was... Oh. It was very frustrating. They came out with this, yeah, the unique concept of this, this I guess it was twistable base, like hero clicks somewhat, but the there was a bad engineering design somewhere, and we got the first batch, and they wouldn't stay in place. They'd fall. Um, so you try to move them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, it, was, it, it just didn't. I mean, they looked cool. It was a good idea, just just bad executed. So there's our list of two games that we've played and invested in, and that, that's a lot of money sitting there. Yeah. Do you remember going to the – what What was it? It was the upper deck
0: came to Charlotte, and they did the tournament, and you and I were the only ones that showed up for the tournament for the WoW minis. <laughs> Oh, we should take a clue that if we're the only ones showing up for the tournament, the game is not that good. So
1: so looking back over this list, you notice that the games we got into died a quick death. And the games we didn't like are still around. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Let's see. Heroclix is still around. Uh, the Game of Thrones is still around. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know Versus died. The um L five R. It's like, yeah, those never caught on, and yet they're still here. So I guess we stink when judging whether a game's good or not.
0: It's all about what you like. Now, we liked um, Game of Thrones. We did like that. We just never got to play it. I think there was a transition there. We were going from our card playing to our video game playing. Right.
1: So there we go. So there are games that we've played. Next, we're going to look at a couple games that we're interested in this coming out this year. So here's a couple games that are upcoming
0: in 2014 that has caught some of our eyes. Okay, um, I'll have to say the first one on the list, Marty's uh, Marvel Dice
1: Masters. He he's he's you're looking you liking this one, aren't you? Well, I did. So I was really enthralled by Quoriers when it came out, and I thought, hey, that's kind of a neat game. It kind of lost interest, but when I saw this was coming out, I thought, eh, it's going to be Quoriers with a Marvel theme, but. A lot of people have played it. A lot of people at Dice, Ta- uh, Dice Tower Network have played and reviewed it, and they say it's really different. They say it's a lot like Magic and Warriors, a, a mishmash. F- starter uh, deck's only um, 15 bucks. Expansions are only $0.99. Cent. It's worth at least trying.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to move us along because we're almost out. We've we've overstayed our welcome here. Um, let's jump to Attack Wing Dungeons. Um, people are comparing it to Star Trek Attack Wing, um, except it's Dungeons and Dragons. Um, the models are looking really cool. I'm really interested in this one, Marty, because you know I like. Uh, I enjoy playing Star Trek at the Gen Con. I think I would would definitely enjoy the type of mechanics that it has. And since it's based on the Fantasy Flight, they probably licensed all the templates and everything for this. This one's got magic. It's got ground troops. We're definitely keeping an eye on this one.
1: I am. I did send a tweet to somebody that played it this past week at Gamma, and they said... It's Attack Wing with Dragons. And I was like, oh, I didn't want it to be that. I didn't want it to be the exact same thing as Star Trek Attack Wing. I wanted to be something a little bit different. Haven't seen the rules, so that's coming out later this fall. Something I'm going to read about. The last one I got excited about uh, was mentioned a couple weeks ago. Fantasy Flight is coming out the new LCG. They discontinued their Warhammer Invasion. They're cranking up a new one called Warhammer 40K. Conquest, which is based off their 40k universe, which is the sci-fi universe, and it has a mechanic which I'm kind of interested in because it's kind of like the My Little Pony, where you have these problems or, or planets in the middle of the table that you're trying to take over in conquest, and the whole goal is to get three planet planets of the same color to win the game. Again, maybe it'll be like a lot of other things, but the art looks great. The rules have not been released. It's just kind of in there. Keep an eye on category for me because, number one, it's not a CCG, so I'm not not afraid to try it out, plus a cool sci-fi game. Eh, I'll, I'll
0: see. I'm with you there. I'm excited about this one, too, so I can't wait for you to buy it. <laughs> yeah thanks (laughs) All right, guys well those are the ones that have just been you know there's a lot more coming out here the news is starting to break Gamma's out there so keep your eye out for a bunch of other two players I'm sure there'll be more and if you keep listening to us whatever we think is going to be great don't buy because obviously we are Trek Rigger it is not strong
1: (laughs) good point So that brings us to the end of our episode, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad, the whole episode dedicated to two-player games. We hope you uh, enjoy hearing about some of the stuff that we've played, the new games that we've tried. Maybe you'll want to go out and try Disc Wars or My Little Pony, as silly as it sounds. And by the way, Tony, we were getting some odd looks at the local fast food chain Bojangles when we were playing that one day during lunch. They look all they want. Hey, they were
0: jealous that they didn't have a good card game sitting in front of them while hammering back a big old, uh, the good old Bowberry biscuit or roasted chicken bikes that we always get there.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that's usually where we meet to play our Netrunner once a week, and we decide to use it for My Little Pony instead. So, again, you know, Netrunner's still our thing. We love the asymmetric. Asymmetry. Yeah, that work for you. Yeah, and, and we're, as we continue to
0: add accessories, team covenant tokens, people are like jonesing over those at the tournament. They were like, "Ooh, where'd you get those? Those look good."
1: Or, or the, or, or the really cool mat we got from Inked Mats that has where everything laid out. Yeah, we may not have won, but we sure did. Dang, look good losing.
0: Yes, we did. And y'all just remember, whatever you do, guys, um, we're really looking forward to Netrunner, the next big box set, so we can switch over to Gintoki Corpse and then lose dramatically over there. But other than that, um, two player, don't forget guys out at Board Game Geek, our forum and our guild. We've still got the pet peeves posting out there. Marty and I have got to get together. We've got some more personal service, uh, player service announcements going out for board game, uh, board game, uh, uh, what is it? Breakfast. Breakfast. And we've got those. Go back if you haven't checked out the PSA and the AP one, um, the one about texting. And I promise I'll smile more. Uh, fine. I understand. Okay. <laughs> I'm always smiling on the side. Um, check that out.
1: One other big announcement, too. There has been some plans between some of the members of the Dice Tower Network. We're going to start something in April called the Dice Tower Network Game of the Month Club. The idea is that several podcasts are going to play one particular game and give their thoughts on it. Um, And what we're going to do is we're going to post a... A thread in the Dice Tower forums where people can kind of give their feedback. What we want to do is get as many people to play this game of the month and just talk about it. Now, we are going to, for our first one, we're going to give a throwback classic because it's probably one lots of people have. We're going to do Settlers of Catan. I have not played Catan in years. Um, It's one of those things I just kind of moved on and, and, and stopped playing. But a lot of people said, you know what, that's just kind of a good one to go back and revisit and just talk about it. How has it changed in your eyes since the last time you played it? Maybe you've never played it, and this is a good time to get you to go out and play it. So in April, on one of our episodes, we're going to be talking about an experience when Tony and I get together and play Catan, and several other podcasts, which we'll be announcing in the future, are going to be doing the exact same thing. So you want to check them out. Plus, we'll be putting a, a form on the thread where people can post their own thoughts. And that took
0: a lot of your effort to get that organized because, you know, people are very busy, so forth and so on. So, And we hope to keep that one going over time. Also, one want to throw out there to Marty is he's pushing us towards 1,000 followers on Twitter. Now, guys, I know, you know, uh, Bieber's got 21 million and yada, yada, yada. Who cares? Um, if we get it to 1,000, I'll, I'll come up with some type of prize and and throw it out there to our Twitter followers and say, all right, for some lucky Twitter guy, here's a here's a prize. If we can get to a thousand. So if you got people out there, get them to follow us and we'll throw out we'll we'll figure out some type of contest from it. But that's that's our stretch goal. You get me a thousand followers, I'll come up with some type of conca- con- Contest. contest. So, um, definitely um, help us out there so that we can, you can continue to see awesome pictures of me being a human and Marty winning as a Cylon. <laughs> and Tony not smiling. And me not smiling. So, guys, well, yeah, we'll get it out of here. Marty, you got to go. And I, I'm, it's beautiful here in the Carolina, 70 degree day. So, we got to get outside. So, guys, if you would, just keep rolling dice and taking names. All right, guys. It is my time of the month. I'm only saying this one time. Follow us on Twitter at Dice and Names or the website RollDiceTakeNames.com. Join the guild on Board Game Geek or become a fan on our Facebook page. Now where's the time Time out. Guys, I'm trying to record in here.